coming into the message. In God we trust. I think this is volume 10. That means I've been doing it for at least 10 years. Every summer, a couple of weeks on America. And then I started branching out and even doing some stuff on Memorial Day and a couple of times, but especially around the 4th of July. We would not have church if it was not for him. And so we want to really focus. Now, in God we trust is our national motto. A lot of people don't even know that. Oh, you got to separate church and state. No religion in, in your government. That's so much bull, it ain't even funny. It's like having schizophrenia. In God we trust. But you can't have religion. Dumbest thing ever. You know as well as I do. All you got to do is, if you've been to Washington, D.C. or Philadelphia, or you've got a history book, or now just go online and see in God we trust and, you know, and different things like that on our nation's capital and monuments and buildings and the, the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument. It's there. Scripture. But you've got to separate. No, that's man's doing. That's not God's doing. And that's not what our country was founded on. I'm going to tell you right, if we had people over the last 50 to 100 years making the documents and founding our country, we wouldn't have a country. You understand that, don't you? So as much as they've really caused a lot of havoc and grief in this nation, many of them have, thank God they weren't there then. Amen say. And so we just got to keep going back and knowing what the truth really is. And we're going to hammer it. So let's go. Here we go. It's one of my favorite things to do is to talk about America. And uh, that's what I'm doing today. The First Amendment. Can you say that title of the message today with me? First things first. One more time. First things first. I don't know about you, but when I talk to somebody and I want something done, and I got three or four things I want done, I probably will stress the one thing I really want done the most. Are you like that at all, say? I mean, I got like three or four things, and you put them in a little order. This one, make sure you get that one done. That's why I put it, what, on the list? Yeah, but I did, did, did. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you not see the first one? Are y'all like that? Well, guess what? The founders were like that, too. First things first. But jokers have come along later and say, yeah, but, you know, it didn't mean that, and, you know, it, it shouldn't be first. Or they've changed what first means. So let's go and let's see what we can find. Go talk about the First Amendment today. But first of all, some scripture. The wicked shall be turned into hell. Say this last part with me. And all the nations that forget. So here are our founders. They're Christians. They're believers in Christianity. You'll see today in the message. But right out of the gate, the first thing they do is say freedom of religion. But really what they meant was forget God. No, they didn't. That was you saying that. They want us to remember God. That's why they put it first. Got it? Yes or no? You see how that works? Amen. Okay, don't, don't, twist, don't, don't twist things. That's what's happening. Blessed is the nation whose God is the what? The Lord. And the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. This is what our founders were steeped in. This is what's in our documents. And you'll see in just a bit. Except the Lord build the house. Or except the Lord build your country. Your new land. 
this new country you want. Except the Lord build it. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman wakes but in vain. Lots of scriptures. And you can find these scriptures in many founding writers' documents that they had. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. There's a reason this nation was founded on Christianity. There's a, ne- there's a reason that we have freedom of religion. It's because of scriptures just like that. They wanted to ensure freedom so that this nation wouldn't go to pot. Y'all hear me? Yes or no? And that's, that's what they did. The First Amendment, let's look at it. The First Amendment, don't get bored. It's not like all we're having history. No, but this is fun history. I'm telling you right now. This is firework history we're fixing to go through. Y'all with me or not? So if you're like sort of sleeping, you better grab the wood handles. Here we go. Y'all ready or not? Say. There's a guy I came across, and I just don't like him. And you're going to see why in a minute. The First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America. Of course, the first ten we call the Bill of Rights. This is the first one. First things first. Let's don't worry about the Second Amendment. Quite frankly, going to be a talk next week a little bit on that. See what happens. First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And I just want to throw my two cents in right quick. That word religion really means Christianity. Now, we don't like to say that, oh, that's not. guys, it's the truth. That's what it means. <laughs> that's what they were taught. That's what they believed. That's what it meant. It, 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 that's what it means, okay? Congress shall make no laws respecting the establishment of religion. Or you could simply, you could also throw in their denomination or different sects of Christianity. But that's okay. Or prohibiting the free what? Exercise thereof. Or abridging the freedom of what? Speech. Or of the... How you doing, Mr. Editor? I did read the article you told me to. It was awesome. Just like you said. I loved it. Or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for redress or grievances or basically the right to peaceably protest. So there's four things in the First Amendment. Are you all awake with me? Number one, freedom of religion. Two, speech. Three, press. Four, protest. Got it? Now, of the four, one, two, three, four, guess which one came first? Can we say that again? Guess which one came first? But it's funny how much I hear today. Freedom of speech and freedom of the press and freedom to throw bottles through windows. I don't think so. But you better keep that church stuff out of government. Isn't that funny how we've switched? Yes or no? We hadn't told the other three, you know, go away. Stand for them. But it's funny. First things first. You try to destroy that. Or say government and religion can't mix, can't be together. Well, that's bull. Okay? Keep looking. Our founders saw the importance of Christianity in government. And that's why they put, say it with me, say it with me. One more time. That's why they put what? You don't have to breed the brightest bulb 
to look at the, the, the Constitution, and it's particularly the First Amendment, and go, now, wait a minute. They put that one first. They must have put it first for a reason. Last time I checked, I don't put things first because they're least important. <laughs> I just don't do that. Yes or no? Say. Nobody does in their right mind. So, religion is the first thing in the very First Amendment. I want you to say that because a lot of people don't know history. And this is one chance you're going to get right here today to get a class. Got it? Say that with me. Religion is the first thing in the First Amendment. It ain't just in the First Amendment. It's the first thing in the First Amendment. Hello? Let that hit you upside the head. It did me. Here's a rule I try to live by when I study the Bible. There's so many kooks in the church. Excuse me. I'm not saying you guys are kooks. I'm saying that in general. You hear me. You hear me. You know. You took it personally. But anyway, here we go. I'm just saying in church in general, there is some kooky stuff out there. Man, they'll take something over here and they'll pull it and stretch it a mile long and you get some kooky doctrine. Or you doing kooky things. And everybody goes, you kooky. And you go, no, I'm, I'm really loving Jesus. And they go, no, you kooky. Here's a rule I try to live by. I'm kooky enough without having to, having to kook up the Bible, all right? When common sense makes sense, seek no other sense. When you're studying your Bible, listen to me. If there's things you don't understand, then why don't you just say this? I don't understand it. Instead of making up something else. Or Amen? Or if there's a simple meaning to it, stay with the simple meaning. Try not to, try not to jazz it all up so that you can get you a new house or something. Y'all hear what I'm talking about? Say. And I think it should apply, too, when we look at the Constitution. When common sense makes sense, seek no other sense. Instead of trying to make the Constitution say what you want it to say to fit your beliefs or what you want to do with your lifestyle or whatever, why don't you take the Constitution and let common sense rule and what it meant is what it meant? Yet, did I lose you on that or not? And that's what we're going to do here with this message. Now, let's go back. Let's look a little bit. So who wrote the Constitution? The founders. Okay? Not the Supreme Court. Got it? Yes or no? It was the founders who wrote this. They had been leaders. They had been in government, many of them. Many of them, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, knew that they were signing basically possibly their own execution. And most of them lost everything they owned. Many of them were in prison and suffered. These are people that didn't just sit somewhere in their ivory tower educating or making decisions. These are people that put it on the line. Y'all hear me or not? So, let's find out a little bit about the founders. Most of the founders in the United States, say this with me, had a what? Typical colonial education. Now, if you want the studies we've done on Harvard University and things like that, to go back and see what Harvard believed when it started, we pulled out the charter. You'd be surprised how steeped in Christianity it is. Not today, is it? We can't say that today about people that's leading our country. Most of them had a typical colonial education. No, we'd say most of them today have had a liberal 
very liberal education. Amen? So, but not these guys. What does that mean, typical colonial education? It means they were taught at home. Or they were taught in church-run schools. That's what it means. Places that had schools were churches. They weren't huge. That's how our, that's how our founders were taught. Do you all know that? Yes or no? Well, now you do. Here's their basic textbooks. Just the way it is. You can make up something else if you want to. But here's the textbooks. Number one by far. Say it with me. The what? Well, ain't that funny. Maybe that's why we see the Ten Commandments on display at different places of government dating way back when. Amen? But you can't have that now or some guy will run over it with his car in Arkansas like he did this week. Did you see that? What a lunatic. It's controversial. Put it on. It's not controversial. It's exactly what our founders believed. It's controversial because we've changed. The second textbook was maybe not as popular as some of you, but everybody living then knew it. The New England Primer. You can still get it. You ought to order your one online. You'd be surprised at it. See how much about the Bible you learned from the textbook. That was how they were. And, of course, there would have been other authors and writings. But this would have been overwhelming what they were taught. The Bible and the New England Primer. Do we understand that? These are our founders. Now, let's keep looking. When it comes to our founding documents, the Bible was the most quoted source used by the founders. Say that with me. The Bible was the most quoted source used by our founders. The separation church and state... Well, it's a good thing they didn't have it. They wouldn't have had nothing to go by. Yes or no? Most quoted. How do you know, Clark? Some crazy Christian poll? No, some public university. Let's use one that's uh, state-funded and all that good stuff. The University of Houston did a 10-year study and examined over 15,000 documents. From America's founders. Not three documents. Can you say 15,000? That's a lot of documents. And watch this. This study at Houston University discovered that 34%, look at that, 34% of the quotations in these 15,000 documents, the quotations came from the where? Is that amazing or what, guys? Are you all listening or I deluge you? Stay with me now. Here are the three top quoted writers. So 34% can't beat 34%, guys. There's nothing above that one. What about the next three, the three writers that they quoted the most? People that had written, uh, uh, you know, about law in England and law, because they're starting, they're starting a country here and trying to establish a nation. And so they're, they're steeped in their thinking, and something has influenced their thinking. Well, obviously the Bible is the main one. How about the next three authors? Let's check them out. Right here. Charles Montesquieu, a real fellow. 8.3% of the quotes came from him. Well, who was he? He was a conservative Catholic. So they're quoting him and their, their writings and their beliefs and what's founding this country. His main work was Spirit of the Law. Montesquieu. Keep looking. What was his main theme? He declared 
Say it with me. Come on. Say this with me. He declared that a government based on Christianity is superior. But wait a minute. Separate the church and state. We're not a Christian nation. Well, it's funny. 34% of the Bible is their quotes. Their number one quoted author after the Bible was a guy named Montesquieu who said the nation built on Christianity is superior. I'm having a little hard time here. Number two, Sir William Blackstone, not Shakespeare. Sir William Blackstone, about 7%. His main work was commentaries on the common law of England. He declared that man's law, say that with me, man's law must conform to... Well, I'm discovering why I think religion came first. Must have meant everything to them. You understand? Number three, John Locke. There wasn't a percentage that I can find, so, but I would imagine it's probably 5% or 6%. I'm just throwing that out. His main work was two treaties of civil government, John Locke. And it, say that part with me. You know, I don't know what the percentage was, but they used this guy a lot. And say that with me. He quoted the Bible how many times in this book? Are we seeing a pattern here, yes or no? 30% of the Bible, then 8, then 7, then probably 5 or so. We've got a lot of percentage that's all like mm, Christianity. Yes or no? And don't forget, they've got to have some of their own mind in it. <laughs> so, you know, it can't be all these guys or all the Bible. He declared, listen to what he said. You see, now I'm telling you when, you, when you realize this stuff and you see your Constitution and you see founding documents, it starts to make sense. Like, look, this is what this guy really believed. He declared limiting the power of government to the consent of the governed. Well, isn't that nice? Limiting the power, of, especially the, it was the federal government, to the consent of those that the federal government is governing. You govern as we say and as we approve. Got that? Yes or no? See? Beautiful. So first things first. Now, are y'all still doing okay? I don't want to bore you to tears. This sounds like PBS, but PBS would never run it. They'd run me out of town. Here we go. <laughs> the separation of church and state. So what's happened now? Freedom of religion. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or the free exercise thereof has come to mean church get out of any government. State level, local level. If you're a sheriff and you want to have your staff and y'all want to pray together before you go out on those streets and somebody's going to get shot, don't you do it. You better be careful. Separation of church and state. In Pennsylvania... I might say this later, it ain't on the screen, but in Pennsylvania, for probably 150 years, since they had public education in Pennsylvania, up until the early 60s, it was mandatory that you read 10 verses of the Bible every day in the school systems in Pennsylvania. How many grew up hearing the Bible over the intercom? Can I see your hands? A few of you. How many grew up with the Bible being read by a teacher or something like that? How many grew up with having the Bible? You would read the Bible a little bit at your desk or you'd have time to do that. Did some of y'all get to do that? See, guys, this isn't a wild-eyed idea. This is what happened in this country for so long. It wasn't 
God, get out of government. It was, God, you're welcome in our government. We're just not going to run it like England where everybody's going to be an Anglican, okay? Yes or no? England, you had to be an Anglican. That's it. That's the denomination of Christianity you were. Well, they didn't want to set it up like that. And so the worst thing we could do in this Congress, in this, in this government, is having Congress telling us which denomination we're supposed to be. Amen? Say. Y'all agree with me on that? Yes or no? Can you see Congress fighting over which one we're going to be? Yes or no? Dumbest thing on the planet. But it does not mean God get out of government. It does not mean that government can't be Christian. It does not mean that government can't have godly Christian influences that can speak their mind and speak. But if you're a Christian or religion, somehow that first things first means you don't have freedom of speech and you don't have freedom of press. It couldn't mean that. Yes or no? Say. And it doesn't mean that. So, separation of church and state, where did it come from? It's not in the U.S. Constitution. Period. Period. You understand that? Yes or no? It's not there. Two, it was in a letter written to the Danbury Baptist Association by Thomas Jefferson, who was president. He wrote a letter. How many ever wrote a letter and you said something in a letter you wish you hadn't said? Can I see a few hands? How many ever wrote a text, maybe something, a little text message or something like that, and you wish you hadn't wrote it? Well, that's what happened here. Newly elected President Thomas Jefferson was taking heat. Say taking heat. Have you noticed how new presidents take heat? So Thomas Jefferson was president. And he was taking heat for failing to call the nation to prayer and fasting as the previous presidents had done. And quite frankly, as he had done when he was governor of Virginia. And the Danbury Baptist wrote him a letter saying, you should do that. He's like most leaders I know and even myself. When you call a leader out on something that he hasn't done, we get our back up. You understand, yes or no? And that's what Jefferson did. And Jefferson could write anybody under the table in a letter. Forget about it. And so Jefferson, he responded in a letter back. His response was this, and there's your letter. His response was, Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions, I contemplate with sovereign, there's a word right there, that's a God word, reverence that, that act of the whole American people, which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Here it is in the letter. Thus building a wall of separation between church and state. Was this in any founding document? Yes or no? No. Where was it? It was in a what? Letter. Why? Because he was taking heat. And he responded like a lot of people would. We're nice at first, and then we're going to tell you, no. And we're going to make an excuse why we do what we do. And then we're going to end with a nice letter. Thank you very much. God bless you. And that's what he did. Adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction. He's a great writer. The progress of those sentiments which tend to restore man to all his natural rights, convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties. 
I reciprocate your kind prayers for the protection and blessing of the common Father. That's God the Father. And Creator, that's the one who created everything, and He believed God created everything. You see that, yes or no? But if today, if you believe that you're created or you believe in creation, you're deemed an idiot. Do you know that or not? Say, you're not. <laughs> Our founders believe the Bible. And so it's not that he didn't believe in God. He didn't care about God. He'd been called out. He writes a letter explaining himself. I tender you for yourselves and for your religious association assurances of my high respect and esteem. See how he ended nice? He was called out on something. He wrote a letter. I think in retrospect, Thomas Jefferson probably wishes he hadn't written that in his letter. The wall of separation of church and state. Now, there can be no doubt, guys. Here we go. The general consensus of the framers was that government should encourage religion. It was never the role of our government to discourage religion or to discourage Christianity, or to discourage the people in government from being Christians and being vocal about their belief in their God. You understand it, yes or no? But if you work somewhere now, anything government-related, if you do that, you can lose your job. And what's really sad is the people in authority are so scared. And they're scared for a reason. Because the Supreme Court made some rulings that puts their jobs in jeopardy now. So, this was for the good of society, especially Christianity. Keep pushing me, buddy. They understood that this could be best accomplished by getting government out of the way. That's what they wanted. This, when they're writing the, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, they're wanting government to get out of the way. The federal government should not have any role in saying what uh, the, the nation or the state should, what denomination they should be. Okay? Never was Congress's job to do that. But, but also to... To allow the free exercise of it. Okay, it's going crazy now. The phrase in Jefferson's letter, not the Constitution. This is a huge fact. You need to remember this. That letter Jefferson wrote laid dormant for 150 years. What does that mean? It was not a founding document. It was a letter that somebody took on the Supreme Court and made it Say something. It's just a letter. You can't use it, period. But he did. And it changed our nation forever. Did I lose you? I feel like I'm getting a little in la-la land out there with you. So, who brought this letter up 150 years later? I'm glad you asked. Supreme Court of the United States Justice Hugo Black. And I just want to say right off the front, black won't black, black was white. Got that? Black won't black. Black was white. And you just remember I said that. Justice Hugo Black. In the 1947 New Jersey case, so for 150 years, what letter? What big deal? It's a letter. He gets his back up. He writes a letter. He's president. It's not a founding document. It had nothing to do with anything. In the case Everson versus Board of Education, what was that case? 
It also, he was, he was head of the 1962. He was head of 1962 case, the New York case prohibiting prayer in public schools. But back that up one second, Roger. I'm getting ahead of myself. That 1947, Everson versus Board of Education. Look it up on Wikipedia. Everson versus Board of Education. It's not hard. Wikipedia, Everson versus Board of Education. Put 1947 case, it'll pop right up in your face. Okay? What was that case? Simply put, Billy, Bobby, Jamie, Ricky, they all go to school. They ride the bus to school in Jersey. They get on the bus. Okay, I'm on the bus. Okay, my house, I'm getting on the bus. My house, I'm getting on the bus. My house, I'm getting on the bus. So the bus takes them to the school. Bobby and Jimmy and Jamie, they get off this bus, the school. Little Ricky, he gets off at the Catholic school. It was all about children on a school bus who live in their community, their parents pay taxes, the bus comes right by their house, but it's evil that state money drops little Ricky off at the Catholic school. The sky is falling. It had been going on for a long time, so they brought it to the, to the court. Court ruled in favor of letting the buses take the kids where they want to take them. Local schools, they make their decisions. States make decisions. It was Supreme Court of New Jersey. Supreme Court ruled for the, for the local school board and ruled for the state. It's fine. No big deal. Period. So it went to the Supreme Court. Did you know the Supreme Court matters in this country? Say, now more than ever. It went to the Supreme Court where when Roosevelt was president, he had, I believe this is true, he had put nine people on the Supreme Court. I think, over his tenure. And some of them certainly didn't hold to looking at the Constitution and what the Constitution and the founders really meant. And we've lived to pay for it in this country. So that was the case. Went to 1947, became a case right before the Supreme Court. And in that situation, I haven't seen this because we get together, so I don't know if you're going to put up the ruling. Is the ruling coming or not? Okay. First service, I went into it, different message totally. But in a five to four, can you say five to four? Five to four. A five to four ruling that the state of New Jersey was unconstitutional. And ever since that time, there's been an attack on the church and state or church and government. Did y'all get that or not? We think it's the 62 case in, in uh, prayer. Actually, it's the 47 case. But guess who, guess who wrote the majority opinion on the 62 case? Hugo! Well, I'm seeing something. I'm seeing a common thread. Hugo, Hugo. Can you believe these people get elected forever? Or nominated forever? Say, I think he was on there for 34 or 37 years, one of the longest Supreme Court justices. And I want you to think about our country from 1945 to call it 1975. Was there a downhill slide, yes or no? So as well as the New York case, 62. I'm going to tell you about that prayer in 62, by the way. So he did 47, the school bus thing. Oh, and by the way, the school bus, by the way, most all of them going to public school, just a few of them going to, to, going to private schools. But of the schools they were going to, guess, guess what most of them were? Catholic. Remember that. What were the schools they were dropping these kids off to? What? Were most of them public schools? Sure. Some of them what? 
Now, in 62, there was the, the prayer, where prayer, it was in school. People would pray. Teachers would pray. Come on the intercom. How many grew up like that hearing a prayer on the intercom? Can I see your hand? It happened, didn't it, guys? Well, in 1962, and some people were late to the game to get it out. You know what I'm saying? Some people fought, and they didn't listen right away. But Supreme Court ruled in 1962 that you can't do that. That's establishing a religion. It is not. It's praying. Yes or no? Say. Or, or, a, or a sheriff or whatever, getting with his staff and having a prayer over him or something. That's not establishing a religion. He's trying to get God to help his cops not get shot today. Yes or no? Say. Come on, man. Here was the offending prayer that everybody... So one, that was a bus thing that got all offended. I'm not offended. I think it's stupid. Number two, here's the offending prayer. Oh, God help us. Here it is. Almighty God... We acknowledge our dependence upon thee. We beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. And our country there. Oh, you are. Our country. Got it? Do you think you survived that prayer okay, Johnny? The Supreme Court said that is illegal based on the Constitution. That's what our founders meant, you see. They were very religious people, but they didn't want you to pray. Even though that's the way they prayed in their schools, and that's the way they did. But, of course, when they get it, they go, no, 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 we can't do it anymore. It's the dumbest thing on the planet. So who was Hugo Black? And I ain't have much more time. I'm quitting. Who was Hugo Black? He's from Alabama. How did he talk? Guess how he talked? Just like me. I bet he said, I'm Hugo Black from Alabama. And I bet you he sounded just like this. Number two, he was a former U.S. Democratic senator. I'm just telling you the way it was. He had a little court experience when he was younger. Somebody appointed him to the court like the sheriff's court. But then he went off into the Senate where he really got his education. I don't think that's the best place to get educated. That's my opinion. And then he became, he got with the Supreme Court of the United States. How did that happen? Who knows? He was the Supreme Court of the United States Justice from 1937 to 1971. Is that 34 years? He was the most influential justice of the 20th century. I'm not done with him. Keep looking. Former member of the Ku Klux Klan. Well, look at that. Absolutely. Former member of the Ku Klux Klan. And according to biographies on his life, he had an anti-Catholic bias. I just think it's interesting. Growing up in the South, we didn't have Catholics. I'm telling you as a Southerner. Now in this church, how many would say you're Catholic background? You have Catholic background. Can I see your hands? All over. Look at it. Look at it. We didn't have that in the South. And I'll just speak for, and, and I'm, I'm younger than him. Biases that you get from up north and down south can be deeply ingrained. But I'm going to tell you something right now. When you don't have something or it's different, it's easy to be biased against it. And I, I find it interesting that New York and New Jersey were these two places where they were singled out, where it's high Catholic. Is that the truth, yes or no? 
Absolutely. Black felt that, this is according to a biography, black felt that Catholics were looking toward complete domination and supremacy of their particular brand of religious sectarian propaganda. And if you look into the Klan and things like that, I'm going to tell you, there were some issues. So first things first. Here we go. The framers intended, am I about done, Rog? I'm dying. The framers intended to prohibit the federal government from establishing any church as a national one. That's what they meant. Do y'all get that or not? They meant don't make us all Anglicans and tell us what denomination we're going to be. It ain't happening. That's what the king did. It ain't happening. That never meant God get out of government. It was actually common sense, guys. The Establishment Clause was also designed to stop the federal government from asserting a preference for one religious denomination or sect over another. Treat different denominations equally. Got it? But that doesn't mean God get out of government. You understand or not? Nothing in the Establishment Clause requires the federal government to be strictly neutral. There's nothing there that says you must be strictly neutral. We can't say God, can't pray in Jesus' name. That's why when I go down to pray at the commission, of course I pray in Jesus' name, or don't ask me to come. Why would I do that? I'm not going to do it. We don't have to be strictly neutral. Government doesn't have to be strictly neutral. Nothing wrong for a president to say, to say whatever he wants to say. Y'all understand that or not? Now, he can't establish a certain denomination or religion and, and compel you to go to it and make you go to it. No. But he can say Jesus. He can he get and preach if he wanted to. Do you know that? Yes or no? Who said this? Who said those three things that I just mentioned on that screen? Not Clark. William Rehnquist. He was conservative. Many of us grew up with him on the Supreme Court. He was smart as a whip. He believed the Constitution meant what it said. From the 1947 case and the 1962 case, and by the way, in Pennsylvania, that scriptures they were reading 10 a day got struck down unconstitutional. Prayer, here's what it means now today, guys. Because of Hugo Black in 47, 5 to 4 decision, because of the 62 decision, because of the Pennsylvania decision on the Bible. Prayer, the Bible, the Ten Commandments, and most religious speech. Particularly who? It's funny. You can teach Islam and the tenets of Islam in California schools, and oh no, it's education. It's been removed from public schools and anything with ties to the federal, state, or local government. The Constitution was dealing with the federal government. Now it's the state government. Now it's the local government. Now it's anybody that gets any government money. If you don't do it, we'll take your money away. Is that what it meant? Never meant that. That's where we are. Y'all depressed now, ain't you? Way to go, Hugo. Hurricane Hugo, I think it hit Charleston years ago. Remember? He did far more damage than Hurricane Hugo ever did. Amen? Church, be strong.
When common sense makes sense, seek no other sense. We need to put people on the Supreme Court, and you and I ain't in charge of that. All we can do is be God-fearing American Christian people that love God and aren't ashamed of Him. But we just can pray that when they put people on the Supreme Court, that we put people on there when common sense makes sense, seek no other sense. Don't use the Constitution to, to further your agenda. That's not who we are as a nation. And we're reaping, you know, a lot of the, what happened back in 47 and 62. The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Would you say that as we've forgotten God in our country, we've, we've had to pay, the, we've seen repercussions of it? Yes or no? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. My prayer is that not that I'm some great guy, but that more people around our country would take time and do what we do here, like we did today. And I'd love to see more and more churches start a service going, let's thank God we live in America. Amen? Because last time I checked, that was first things first, right? Yes or no? Amen? Come on. Let's thank God for his word this morning. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Boom. Happy 4th of July. Amen. Come on. We're going to close our service.